Hello, hi everybody. Welcome to Football in General. This is Rob Kays. And Trevor Koppel. Trevor, did you happen to catch the uh, little game that happened over the weekend? Yes, I did. I, uh, I think I saw all of it. Yeah, it's pretty good. I gotta tell you, I was uh, completely distracted by the commercials. Because really, this game is in- insignificant in the long run. It, it determines nothing. Um, and it certainly doesn't start anything. You know, <laughs> nothing. Yeah, um, you know, by the way, what? Sorry, I, I caught a few of the commercials, but I was uh, I was at mm-hmm. one heck of a Super Bowl party, and I spent most of the commercial breaks uh, stuffing my face with great food brought from from everyone who attended. So that was really fun. I mean, that checks out, man. That's that's the American dream, right there. Oh yeah. You know, like I'm so distracted by the food, I cannot see uh, I cannot see the things on the TV that I want to buy. You know. Oh, yes. Just com- completely engulfed in a different set of dopamine, basically. You know? You, you got to love it, man. You got to love it. I tell you what. Um, well, it wasn't, a very insi- it wasn't an insignificant game. It was very significant. It was, uh, well, let me ask you this, man. I mean, I, don't, I know we don't have, like, a top ten list. We don't keep one of the Super Bowl games of all time. Um, out of the ones that you can remember watching, and one that you can remember watching most of this one is really, um, you know, your experience. But um, where would you rank this one? At maybe out of the last like ten years, we can't do fifty. I mean, that'd be ridiculous. You but, know, like, maybe out of the last ten. You know, it's it's in, so. So I had a fun time watching the game uh, because there were a bunch of people around who had a lot riding on it, uh, financially and emotionally. Um, which really got me into it. Um, and uh, I wouldn't say it became one of the better Super Bowls for me until the end. I mean, it went into overtime. It's, the only, it's only the second time a Super Bowl has gone into overtime, and that's, that's exciting stuff. Uh, so, so it being kind of heavy on the back end in terms of what makes it a great Super Bowl, um, yeah, I, I in the last ten years, I mean, there's just been so many good ones. I'll, I'll, I'm not comfortable putting it ahead of some of the really good ones we've had, but uh, but I I just I I can't consider it a dud, and I was a little worried that it would be. Um, but uh, but it also depends on what you look for in a good game. Uh, the, the people I were with was with uh, were a little. Uh, you know, a little unimpressed at halftime. It was very low-scoring half, uh, but I really enjoyed it. I thought uh, Chris Jones and company, uh, Nick Bosa and company, they really were playing some great defense early in the game and uh, just took a while for these offenses to uh, find their stride and decide what was going to work. And you saw a little more explosive offense in the second half. So uh, all in all, I'd say it was an above average Super Bowl, but I don't even know if that puts it in the top five of the last ten years. There's just been so many good ones lately. Yeah, it's a good question. Where would I rank it? I like that it went in overtime. If that game didn't go in the overtime, probably in the back end of that ten, you know? Right. Um, or maybe like middle, middle of the back end, you know? Well, and, and but, it was, uh, you know, the overtime was also exciting because, uh, as we all know now, or everyone listening should understand by now, that the uh, overtime rules are different in the postseason this year. Um, but we, we might have more on that down, down the line, analyzing this game. But uh, I'm just pointing out that it's, uh, it's great that the Super Bowl of all postseason games is the one that went into overtime uh, this year with the changed rule. Uh, so that was pretty exciting. Yeah, yeah, I, I like that too. Um, it reflected the the right decision by the NFL to change the rule. Um, it, it, did I bitch about this rule? I oh, bitch about oh, all. Oh, we rules, both complained right? about it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> that's not a surprise. I think I've said on, over and over again on this podcast that I felt like a uh, um, an old man yelling at clouds kind of deal, <laughs> like Abe Simpson. Right. Um, I'm guilty of it. You know, it, it, guess what? It worked out, okay? Not everything I bitch about is going to be a bad thing. So, um, But at the end of the day, um, it worked out. It was entertaining. And the right team won. Um, 
<laughs> it's not the team a lot of us wanted to win be, because of a variety of things, circumstances and reasons, but the right team won. I mean, they were the better team. Kansas City was the better team. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I don't think uh, – I mean, you can you can critique a lot of things in this game, but uh, I think the – the majority consensus here is that you can't put the outcome on the referees, which is a huge win for the officials. Um, it d- does not feel like they uh, affected the outcome of this one. Uh, I haven't heard anybody uh, argue against that. Uh, maybe there's some opinions out there that haven't reached my ears yet. But uh, and, and they, by all means, didn't uh, you know they didn't call a mistake-free game. Uh, there's always going to be mistakes, but uh, but yeah, the the team that deserved to win won. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, you know, I, we we can go quarter by quarter. I, I don't, I'm not sure that's the right way to analyze this game. So let's start off with this, right? Um, probably one of the most important elements of this game. I don't know if we talked about it enough, considering we only had an hour to really give it a preview. Um, and, and I guess in a little events some between the weeks of the Pro Bowl and Super Bowl. But, um, well, you know, the biggest impact of this game was going to be Kyle Shanahan's ability to, to, play, to call an offense and to call a good script to scheme against this excellent Kansas City defense, which we'll get into. Um, that'll be our second segment here, talking about this Kansas City defense and how good they were or have been. Um, yeah, man. I mean, Kyle Shanahan, right? You ready for this stat? Yeah. Okay. Only time, right? Only coach in NFL history to blow three leads, three double-digit leads. And oh, Super man. Bowls. Um, and granted, he was an offensive coordinator for Atlanta, but that still that's, counts that's as a, a coach. That's a big so. role on the on the. <laughs> I mean, you're, you're not talking about quarterbacks yeah. coach or receivers coach. He's the OC. Yeah, the OC. Right, right. Kansas City. Um, what four years ago blew that? They were uh, they were up twenty to ten, uh, twenty one to ten. I think it was. Um, blew this one. Of course, they were up thir- 10, 13 to three. Was that thirteen three? Let me see. Yep, thirteen. To th- Three nope ten to three. What did I get? What did I get this stat then? But anyway, he blew it. It wasn't double digit. But I guess two of them were double digits. And then of course, twenty eight to three, which nobody can forget, and um, certainly one of my favorite moments of all time. Trevor, let me ask you this: Right, is Kyle Shanahan okay? Well, I think it's consensus that he's not a big game coach. Um, is he a good coach at all? Considering. You know, I, I do think he's a good coach. I do. Um, yeah. But, uh, you know, I, I was saying it not that long ago on this podcast that the uh, the 49ers really do feel a little bit like like the Moneyball Oakland A's. It, it's going to translate to a lot of regular season wins. It's going to get you to the postseason. But it mm-hmm. will fall short of championship, uh, you know, victories. And uh, And I think we saw exactly that. Uh, the last five years, you know, um, twice in the uh, Super Bowl. But, uh, you know, I feel like this was not the I, – I know this is the game that went into overtime, but I, I don't think that this was uh, Kansas City's toughest opponent on the way to hoisting the Lombardi. Um, I think this was a better matchup for Kansas City than the uh, – championship Sunday matchup or the divisional round matchup that they faced. Um, I think those were tougher opponents with a better chance of beating them than the 49ers had Um, because of the way the game is played. Um, And and I mean, it's, it's not new. It's not old, but I feel like, like uh, it, it just doesn't get it talked about as much as it, as it was when it was fresh, you know, so I I was telling somebody, you know, because oh, I remember when the 49ers went up the last time in regulation, and uh, I said that's that's too much time left on the clock. You know, 13 seconds is too much time left on the clock for for Patrick Mahomes. So uh, it uh, it came as a shock to some of the people I was watching the game with, but I, I wasn't surprised at all that they were able to get down the field, take it to overtime, and then, uh, you know, we'll, we'll talk about the overtime uh, shortly. But, um, yeah, Kyle Shanahan is a good coach. Um, but uh, I don't want to sound like a broken record here, but it really, that is the best uh, 
analogy I can throw out. It's it's Moneyball football, um, where you know you've got all the right pieces in place to get a lot of regular season wins, uh, but as soon as you have to face the cream of the crop of, in my opinion, and this stings to say because I'm an NFC guy, but once you face the cream of the crop of the better conference, and I do think the AFC is the better conference right now, you're going to come up short. And, and to be honest, the reason I asked why is it, do you think he's a good coach? Here, here's the reason why, right? Do, do you listen to his press conference by a chance? Uh, I think game? I caught a little bit of it. Okay, so they asked him, why did you take the ball in, the, uh, in overtime at first, oh, right? Yeah. The, I, yeah, okay. So <laughs> the analytics, basically he was going on analytics, right, that um, they would have a chance to score – the third time, right? And if they scored the third time, they felt like they would win the game, you know? Right. So you're playing for a third score. Already, you're playing for a third score, right? Um, even though the chances of you winning the game are better if you have the second, right? If you take the ball the second time, because then if Kansas City doesn't score, then you could win. Or if Kansas City does score, um, you could score a touchdown and go for two and win, right? Right. So um, to hope that... Kansas City doesn't score a touchdown considering where your defense was at. Uh, you know, you relied on analytics. You went into it pretty much just um, blind. I, I mean, I don't know if that was like predetermined before the game or if it was just like somebody up top was like, hey, Kyle, we have to do this. And he's like, yeah, well, the statistics say this, this, and that. You know, that's Ooh. why I'm asking, is he a good coach? Because I don't know if you're really coaching at that point. You know, it's not the traditional way of coaching. You're just sort of like gathering information, like an algorithm. No, you know I, what I mean? I, I know he yeah. faces a lot of criticism for that decision. Um, there's a lot of talk now about why didn't the 49ers players know because they've been going on the record saying they didn't know the rule had changed. Um, and that right there is uh, a coaching shortcoming. All the players should know the overtime rules. Um, but that, that's still that's unverified. I don't know if that was actually the case. You're saying that he uh, made the decision he made based on his analytics, which – Mm, doesn't sound – I mean, I don't have the analytics on the odds right in front of me, but I do have a beautiful math mind, and I can tell you that the odds were not in favor of the, the team with the ball uh, with the ball first. Because um, look what happened. They went down, they scored a field goal, right? And so right. when Kansas City gets the ball, whether it was a field goal or a touchdown, now Kansas City has the ball – They've got four downs to get a first down until they're in uh, field goal range or until they score a field goal had they been down by a field goal. But you, you only put up a field goal, and now the Chiefs can use four downs to get their uh, first down until they get into the red zone or get within field goal range. Um, and right there, now they just need to kick a field goal to tie it up. Um, they ended up scoring a touchdown. And, uh, and yeah, this whole third chance or, you know, second chance to score more points, uh, it's just, it, yeah, it doesn't, uh, I, I find it very hard to believe that any analytics model actually was in favor of it. It sounds like a bunch of Boulder Dash to me. Boulder Dash, right? Let me, let me give you exhibit two. And why I'm asking you, is Kyle Shanahan a good coach, right? Okay. Right, right. Super Bowl, right? Okay. Um, let me pull it up. Let me pull up let me pull up the actual play sheet here, right? So uh three fifty three to go, right? Super Bowl. <laughs> Sorry. That was when they kicked the field goal. Um five forty six left to go, right? Super Bowl, right? Um Purdy gets a deep shot to Juwan Jennings, who actually, yeah, by the way, stood out. Hard, like a lot in this game. We'll get to him a little later. But uh, Debo Samuel, right, to get the sweep. Or um, I can't remember if that was like a dive, a timeout. Uh, Chris McCaffrey, three yards. Chris McCaffrey, five yards. Pass short to George Kittle. No gain. Two-minute warning. Deep pass to Jawan Jennings. By the way, 35 to Kansas City, 35, right? Two passes in a row. Two-minute warning. You don't burn any clock. <laughs> and... Uh, you give Patrick Mahomes the ball back with a minute and 53 seconds. Yeah. He can take his time to go down the field and tie up the game. You kick a field goal, 53-yard field goal. By the way, that was a bomb. Could have made it from 70. But, right, right. Um, 
you don't run the ball to Christian McCaffrey, and you set yourself up for uh, to go in overtime, that you're playing for overtime at that point. Because you know if Mahomes is going to get the ball, um, he's going to score. <laughs> and, and if he has time to, to, to get down the field, then you know he's going to score. Right. Like, like a minute and 50 seconds is like 10 minutes. Ten, no, yeah, it's, it's way know? too much time for Mahomes, uh, so, way too much time for Reed. Yeah. Situational football, man. Absolutely. That's why, are, are you a good coach? Do you know situational football? Do you trust Do you trust your gut, you know, to make these decisions? Are you able to read the, the room, basically, on what these plays mean and what, what the outcome will be if they don't, you don't get a gain or if you incomplete pass or what have you? Um, you're playing the best quarterback in the NFL, right? You're playing... Uh, arguably, and at this point, I think it's fair to say that probably top three or four quarterbacks of all time, right? Patrick Mahomes, generational oh, sure. talent. Yeah, you give him a, a minute and fifty seconds to go down the field. Yeah, it you uh, know, it, it was it was it got pretty predictable at that point. Not not that it would go into overtime, but that the Chiefs had enough time to either take it to overtime or end the game right there. They're lucky that. I mean, the, the Niners are lucky they got in overtime. That, that could easily have been the end of the game. Right, right. Here, uh, exhibit number three. <laughs> Why am I, am I asking? Is Kyle Shanahan a good coach? Now, so you're going to look at the stats and say, well, Rob, Brock Purdy only got sacked once. They ran some really good plays. They had the motion. They had this. They had that. 31 carries, 110 yards, right? They put up almost 500 yards on this really good Kansas City defense. Granted, they played an extra quarter to get that, by the way. Um, and they had two turnovers, right? There was the fumbles, I believe. Did Kansas City have two turnovers? Or San Francisco? Uh, yeah, yes, two turnovers, right? Um, on the punt, and McCaffrey fumbled to be in the game. So, um, exhibit number two, uh, three. Okay, so Spagnolo, right? We talked about Steve Spagnolo being the best defensive coordinator in the NFL. You and I talked about him maybe being the greatest of all time. We weren't really sure about that. But I think it maybe it might be confirmed that he's probably one of the best defensive coordinators of all time at this point, considering what we saw in the Super Bowl. Jeez, but, yeah. okay, so, right, not to go on a tangent here, but RPOs, right? So SPACs, third highest blitz percentage in the NFL, you run RPOs on a cover zero. <laughs> so, A, your quarterback, second-year quarterback, has to get the ball out quick on an RPO. Um, won't have time, so he's going to get hit or overthrow the ball or get sacked or make a, a stupid decision. Um, and you don't you give him any option to, to kill the play at the, at the line, right? So he's just not prepared for any of that sort of like cover zero sort of nonsense. Um, when that happens, uh, you know, that's what basically took San Francisco out of the game because what they were three of, I think they were three of 12 on third down. And that's when most of the cover zero blitzes happened, was on, was on third down in this right. game. So that's so once again, okay, three of twelve on third down, right? Kansas City nine and nineteen, big difference. That's what got Kansas City back in the game. You don't get those third downs, momentum shifts. That's what I'm saying, man. Is he a good coach? I I, I can't really call him one. Would I take him on, on New England tomorrow? Absolutely. Like, but would I be skeptical of the way he can call a game based on his gut and the flow of the game and the understanding of just football in general? No pun intended. That's. <laughs> Kind of why I'm asking these questions. 3 of 12 on third down. You're running RPOs on third down. Third and eight, right? They, they got, they're in more third and eight plus um, situations than Kansas City was, right? Most right. of their third downs were from third, eight plus yards. Well, and, and it's unacceptable, man. And I, what? I you know, I'm, and you're, they're, they're going to recover zero on that because you're at 38, right? You just play man. Um, you have to wait for people to get open down the field. You got to get the ball quick, and it put Purdy in an awkward position. I thought, you know, right. So I, I can have the same kind of critique of uh, Dan Campbell going for it on fourth down as often as he does, which is a lot of fun most of the time. But uh, these analytics, uh, you know, I can't know, and I, I don't dig enough to find out. Maybe, maybe one of our listeners knows, because um, like, like I. I don't want to say assume. I imagine that a lot of these analytics are based on just the situation and not who you're in this situation against. Because uh, I find it hard to believe, like, even if the analytics supported his decision in overtime, 
uh, it's like, yeah, but does the analytics know who you're playing? Because uh, for me, that that factors in big time. Because uh, if the analytics is just going off of the football situation is most likely to go this way, uh, but you were to be like, well, you know, we are playing against Andy Reid and Mahomes, so maybe that swings the analytics a little bit. Uh, so, and, and that's the way it's going to be in postseason matchups. You're not just playing the average. This is not the, you know, the mean, the median of these uh, of these football games. This is the above average opponent we're talking about here. So uh, I, I feel like the analytics are good a lot of the time, but you kind of have to rise above them letting you make your decisions when it comes to playing a better class of opponent. Does that make sense? Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. I mean, I, I'm fine with analytics. I just think there needs to be a combination of the two. Oh, sure. That's kind of, yeah. you know. Uh, and, and it's possible there is. And well, if, it was, just can't if it's all that. analytics, then we don't need a coach. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, just be computers out there. Right, exactly. <laughs> Which, you know, will happen probably at some Someday. point. Someday, yeah. Um, <laughs> we'll replace Kyle <laughs> Shanahan with an AI that will make the right choice. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah, we can only hope. So, um, I mean, that's what I got, man, for Kyle Shanahan. I mean, I don't – you know, it's just a guy who has no understanding of situational football and might benefit from a, a veteran head coach being an advisor on his staff. I, I don't think it's like – I don't think, you know, it's not like black and white. Like, I, I think, I think he's, it's possible that he needs some more advisement or, or maybe it's not. And this is who you're going to get. And I think you hit the nail on the head. Um, they're going to be a great regular season team. They'll get in the playoffs. They'll win some games. But when push comes to shove, they're not going to beat the, the, the best teams, you know? Um, and I'll take I, if I was a Niners fan, I would take part of that. I mean, I don't know who doesn't like being in contention, but when you lose two Super Bowls, I mean, that's rough. Basically, the same scenario, you know. Right. Anywho, so get off Shanahan for a second, because there's a real, there's a there's a real storyline in this game, right? So I mentioned, okay, uh, what 500 yards total offense for San Francisco, roughly. It wasn't that many. It's 382. <laughs> Jesus, I can't do math. Okay, but uh, on 71 plays. So I think that's a pretty good – 5.4 yards on average. So pretty stingy on the defensive end. Um, before we get into, like, the real elements I thought really stood out in this game for Kansas City defense, what was your take on the Kansas City defense's performance in this game? I mean, I, I thought they played great. Um, yeah. I saw one of the uh, – one of the best uh, passes defended in the postseason. Uh, gosh, I can't think of his name, but it, uh, I think they were targeting uh, Ayuk, like right at the goal line, and it was just a beautiful, got the head around, reached for the ball, knocked it away at just the right moment. I mean, uh, and it was a great pass. It was just, it was perfectly defended, um, and, and I'm usually pretty focused on these uh on both of these teams uh d lines but i thought the kansas city secondary really played a great game i mean they did yeah. not give up a lot of plays and that would have been a big one so uh i thought uh, i thought they played a great game yeah uh trey mcduffie so you're talking about yes the, the all pro yeah oh man what a yeah. great play he made on the ball uh that was just incredible just beautiful yeah yeah, all pro corner. Um, you know, a- excellent player. I thought George Karloftis was good. Defensive end. Uh, you mentioned Chris Jones. Maybe just the defensive line, but Chris Jones was excellent. Absolutely. You know, four tackles, um, two solos, uh, two quarterback hits. Had a big presence, especially against oh. that interior. And that's you know, you, you can the... run his stat line and it's impressive. But if you watch the game, he was disruptive on every play. I mean, yeah, just just blowing up that offensive line. Um, you know, you, you can't have uh, – uh, what's his name? I can't – the, the, the problem with the, with the uh, 49ers O-line is they can't line up their best O-linemen across the whole line. They've got one really good guy, Trent Williams. The name just came to me. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, wherever you put Trent Williams, uh, they're going to put Chris Jones and, uh, and this other guy. You just said his name. 
somewhere else. Proloctus. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. They're going to line them up somewhere yeah. else, uh, and and there's just no stopping those guys. Yeah. Yeah. He was. They were both excellent. Um, you know, I think Trent McDuffie is probably one of the best cover man man cover corners in the NFL. Oh, probably probably I, the best. I believe it. Watching yeah. that game, he was amazing. <laughs> yeah. Three passes defended. Two quarterback hits. He was all over the field. Um, you mentioned him playing on uh, Brandon Ayuk. So look at this, you know, th- just this stat line, right? We take the context of, to the Chiefs' defense being excellent. Three catches, 49 yards for Brandon Ayuk. 1,400 yards in regular season, by the way, Jeez. right? Yeah. Three catches for 33 yards, Debo Samuel. This is probably the most impressive one. Two catches for four yards, George Kittle. Jeez, right? Like, that that's that's crazy. So uh, who was their leading wide receiver? McCaffrey. <laughs> McCaffrey, eight for eighty. Yeah. There you go. Um, so yeah. Uh, you know, McCaffrey. McCaffrey got his when they got him in space. Uh, and and hats off to Jennings for that amazing touchdown pass. Um, if the if the yeah that was incredible. if the Forty ers had won, I would have been ashamed not to give Jennings the MVP. Uh, he was. The uh, he he did more to win that game for the Niners than anybody. They just they didn't win. Um, threw a touchdown, caught a touchdown, um, but uh, but yeah, uh, Jennings not even a you know he's he's the uh, wide receiver three you know <laughs> so yeah um yeah, yeah. the uh, yeah. the defense really really lim- I mean to hold George Kittle to four yards and. And uh, I mean to hold Kittle, uh, Debo, and uh, Ayuk combined to less than eighty—that's insane. Uh, yeah, that's that's crazy. And then you know McCaffrey got his receiving yards, but they didn't really let him get going on the ground. Um, so uh, yeah, it was just a really well executed uh, defensive game by the by the Chiefs. And here's a story. Here's a stat we didn't even have last week. We might have said it. I don't really know. I don't think so. But and now it's official. Kansas City never had an opponent score than more score more than 27 points all season long. That's the first time in NFL history that's ever happened. Jeez. They played 21 21 games, and that never happened. Um, <laughs> one of the only was it one of three teams to hold every opponent they played under 25. Um, and look at this run, right? Wild card round. Okay, so um, they play. I'm sorry, I got to pull it up here. Wild card round. They play Miami, 26 7, right? Good sure, offense. Right. You know, Tyreek Hill, Jamal Waddle, Tua. Buffalo, 27 24, Josh Allen, right? Baltimore, 17 10. Lamar Jackson, MVP, just beat San Francisco 49ers. So, um, literally, I think if I remember correctly, they had. This, this is the offensive ranks. Two, six, four, five, right? <laughs> so four of the five best offenses in the NFL they played. Uh, most of those games on the road, by the way, right? Um, and they never allowed more than 24 points. Yeah. No, <laughs> to either uh, of those teams. I saw, I saw something. Uh, I'm, I might not get this perfect, but it, it was a really impressive Super Bowl run. When you look at who they played, um, I think it's historic that the, uh, you know, because they were not the number one seed this year. Uh, they beat, and, and, you know, the number one seed from the opposing conference doesn't always go to the Super Bowl, but this year they did. So they beat both number one seeds, uh, uh, number two seed, um, and they beat like uh, three of the top four defenses in the league this year and four of the top five offenses in the league this year, all in the playoffs, all in the postseason. Um, really, really an impressive Super Bowl run. Insane. Yeah. It's insane. <laughs> I mean, you know, it, it it's a run you, we, we won't – I mean, we, we'll probably see another run like that. I mean, you know, I'd say we won't, but you never say never, right? Right, right. Um, dude, it's a run that – is really unprecedented. It is, you know. Yeah, uh, it's wild, you know. And this defense, like stacked. I mean, so let me ask you this, right? We go back and look at this Tyreek Hill trade, you know. So Tyreek Hill gets traded to um, Kansas, uh, Miami to Miami, right? They get uh, Kansas City gets a first, a second, a fourth, a sixth, and a fourth, right? 
right. or and another six. So they got like six draft picks, you know, um, over two years. So who they they get Trent McDuffie, they get George Karloftis with that, they get um, Isaiah Pacheco with that, Pacheco. They get um, a couple other guys, Drew Tranquil, right? So some some like real character role player guys in your defense. And they basically switched the, the team identity around in one draft. Or two drafts, kind of. Yeah. They go from being a finesse team to being a hard-nosed team with Mahomes just making plays when they, when they need him to make plays. And, and I, I mean, it's just, I mean, <laughs> you know, Patrick Mahomes, it's getting, he's, uh, his, you know, his MVP status, it's becoming absolutely undeniable. I mean, the way he can still do what we've seen him do, maybe not the entire game, but like, uh, you know, the the Mahomes factor is so often the deciding factor. He does what needs to be done when it needs to be done with whoever he has to do it with. Talking about a wide receiver core that is not, on its own impressive. Uh, I don't like to throw shade at those guys. You've heard me say so many times, if you are a wide receiver in the NFL, you're a good wide receiver. Um, But nonetheless, within the league, we still have to like rank them. Um, It's not an impressive wide receiver group. Yeah. I mean, you take away, you, you take away Travis Kelsey and he doesn't have impressive weapons through the air or on the ground. Uh, I'm starting to, uh, uh, you know, raise Pacheco's status there, but it's not like they have a dominant, they don't have a Christian McCaffrey in the backfield, you know? Um, so the, the way he's able to do this, and I give plenty of credit to Andy Reid as well. Um, and that chief's O-line is great and their defense this year has been, uh, better than it's been ever probably with, uh, with Patrick Mahomes. But, uh, but, yeah, he doesn't have to have a, uh, you know, the fastest player in the league to throw the ball to to be amazing. Um, and if you take, you know, if the defense prioritizes stopping Travis Kelsey, it'll be at the expense of him beating you with the other guys. Um, and it's just, it's just a real, real fun game to watch. It's absolutely wild. Um, <laughs> you know... Before we get to to Mahomes, we could talk about him for like basically a whole show, you know. Right. Um, do you think this is more of a factor of, you know, okay, so Brock Purdy? Well, well, let me ask you this before we get to the to the Mahomes factor, right? Um, wh- how do you think Brock Purdy was? I I don't think he played a bad game. Um, I think at this yeah. point he's still he's still out. For, I mean, of course. Uh, you know, just having the starting role, he's he's greatly outperforming the expectations on him going into the league. Um, uh, but, uh, you know, it, it's, you know, he's, uh, what, a, a second-year guy? Uh, yeah. yeah so, so, you know, he's not going to be somebody that pushes back when the play call doesn't make sense. Um and, uh, yeah, I, I think uh, what we were talking about earlier, I definitely put more of this on uh, Shanahan than I do on Purdy. Um, not to mention just a really, really great Chiefs defense. Like, I, I was saying, you know, that that pass defended at the goal line uh, by Duffy, um, it was a beautiful pass. Beautiful pass on a well-run route, and it it was denied by an all-pro cornerback. Um so, so I yeah. When it when it comes to eva- I, I can't really evaluate Purdy's performance without giving more praise to the Chiefs' defense. They just played too good. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I thought he was all right. Um, I don't know if I give a letter grade. Um, maybe like a B minus. Is that fair? I mean, I think that's fair. His first Super Bowl. Yeah, no, no. no. I think a, that's fair. You know, he's like a. Yeah, I, like he made some plays with his legs and got got people open. I thought he threw in some pretty tight windows. He's playing the best defense in the in the league, yeah. and one of the best of all time. We found out. We found out after this right. game they were one of the best of all time. Yep. <laughs> you know, so like I, I thought, if you consider those factors, like I, I thought he's all right. You know, um, but like you know, 
did let me ask you this: Did he make enough plays to win the game? Well, I, I, I mean, the easy answer to that is no, because they didn't win. Well, they didn't um, win. But, right. uh, but I mean, if you're <laughs> right, asking right. me, is Brock Purdy yeah. what's uh, what's what needs to be fixed? I have to say no. no. Brock Purdy is not what needs to be fixed. The the answer lies elsewhere. Well, I, I think it was more. Of a, I think it was kind of rhetorical, because it's like you're never not gonna you're never gonna make enough plays to beat Patrick Mahomes. You know what I'm saying? I see what you mean. Yeah. You know what I mean? So here's the thing, right? Purdy at 16-13, right? Mahomes gets a field goal, 16-16. He comes down, seven-play, 40-yard drive, leaves him on that, right? Gets him up, 19-16. Um, Mahomes comes down, ties it up. Overtime, right? They get the, they get it. 12 plays, 65 yards against this really difficult defense. Um, Purdy, Purdy th- actually had a really nice drive, you know? Um I'm trying to see what his stats were on this one. I think he was like five for six or something on this drive. And they get a field goal. Um, at You know, granted, they got to the Kansas City nine. Um, and, you know, like you're playing Batch Mahomes. <laughs> so, no, you're never going to make enough plays to win the game. You know, and so that's like the factor. Like, we can sit here and be like, well, did Brock Purdy do enough? Did Kyle Shanahan? Well, I mean, yeah, I think that's we all can blame Shanahan and we already did. And we probably still will. <laughs> but, like, when you're playing Patrick Mahomes, you know, generational talent, best, probably, you know, next to the GOATs, right? Brady and Montana. Um, you're never going to, you're just never going to make enough plays, man, to beat him. You're not, you're just not going to. And if you don't score a touchdown in that overtime, yeah, it, you wouldn't have beat him. And they didn't. You know? Absolutely. Um, yeah, so I I like uh, hearing you go over these, uh, you know, the score changes uh, because I think it's important, and I'm sure you're getting to this. Um, let's talk about Harrison Butker. Um, yeah. I mean, nails. Just I mean, nails. Every uh, of course you go into overtime. Uh, every point mattered. Um, he was incredible, and I think he what well, he he finished with the longest field goal in Super Bowl history. After, you know, I think he had to he beat that record twice in that game. Uh, he right. reset the record and reset the record again. Um, so you got multiple fifty yarders. You know, biggest stage imaginable for a kicker, doing it. Uh, you know, to get you to overtime, and uh, and he's. He's been with the Chiefs through this entire, uh, dare I say, dynasty. Uh, so, you know, I, I love big picture when it comes to these guys. You know, it's it's hard to imagine somebody ever catching someone like Adam Vinatieri with, uh, with his impact on uh, Super Bowl victories. And uh, I think Harrison Butker is hot on his heels at this point. Um now it's uh, and Vinatieri's. Some of them were a little more, you know. I don't know if Butker's had a walk-off field goal to win a Super Bowl yet, um, but uh, but man, it's it just the, this whole team. The, this team is studded with uh, people who appear to be headed to the Hall of Fame, and they're they're just getting. I mean, he's he's only been in the league since uh, well, like 2016. <laughs> yeah. So he's got a long way to uh, kickers can kick for a long time. So, right, right, yeah, eleven for eleven. Yeah, just incredible, <laughs> incredible. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's uh, it's hard to imagine the uh, kicker ever getting the NFL or sorry the uh, the Super Bowl MVP, but uh, I think he might be a close second on the chief squad to Patrick Mahomes in terms of the, the player that did the most for this, for this win. Um, just absolutely, absolutely incredible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was, he was amazing. Um, done for 11. You, you mentioned the two 50 yard field goals he kicked, which were uh, pivotal. And honestly, when he kicked, when he nailed it, he could have hit him from 70, dude. Absolutely. They, you know? they were, they were so, they wasn't yeah. like, Oh, is it gonna? it's like, dude, it was picture right. perfect. It's got the distance, right. it's yeah. got the height right down the <laughs> middle. Yeah. Yeah. 
And, and, you know, it's funny because when you're like, oh, it's not going to go. It may be, you you kind of sound like Tony Romo there, right? Here yeah, we go, yeah. Jim. You know? Here we go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's hilarious. How's <laughs> it going to go? Yeah. You're killing me. God, he's the worst. <laughs> he's the worst. Um, I, I, yeah, man. I mean, good good point on Harrison Butker. I mean, without him, um, even if he misses one, if he missed one of those field goals, you know, you're yeah. looking at a completely different game. San Francisco probably wins. Yeah, you know, I absolutely. mean, it's, it probably it, they do, they do, um, and he certainly made a huge difference. Those kicks, golly, man, fifty-five yards, fifty-seven yards, <laughs> and just crushed them. You know, keep keep them in the game. Like, yeah, huge, huge impact. Um, Benatari, great, great player, good comp. Um, Benatari just balls the size of my. Office, you know, <laughs> massive. Yep. <laughs> just you know, the guy could kick in any weather, any situation. It didn't matter. He nailed it, and he knew he nailed it every time. He didn't even have to look at it, which was wild. Right, like Jordan right. walking off the court. You know, um, golly, what a game. You know, and like, let's get back. Let's circle around to Mahomes' legacy here. Um, not even just passing. Trevor, like, okay, so this is my favorite play of the game, right? And I remember seeing it and thinking, <laughs> there's, there's no, I mean, it's fourth and one, right? Kansas City 34. Okay, overtime, six minutes left to go. Um, they call a timeout right before they're going to snap it. You know, okay, this isn't really what the play we're looking for. They come back. Mahomes runs an RPO, gets eight yards. Was there any doubt in your mind he wasn't going to get that the whole time? Well, and and I thought like you know I almost brought this up when you were talking about RPO earlier with uh, yeah. uh, with the Niners because man some of those late game uh, you know Mahomes and Kelsey RPOs it was like you just saw it you're like okay he's not throwing it and he is going to get the first down even though he's got seven yards to go um, it's just yeah. incredible. So let me ask you this: Is there you know I so there's there's obviously. Well, maybe there's statistically better running quarterback, and and again, okay, shouldn't say maybe there are statistically better running quarterbacks of all time, right? Michael Vick, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, Cam Newton, so on and so forth, right? But is there is there a player at the quarterback position that that has made more impactful runs than Patrick Mahomes has in his career and in, in important moments? I don't think so. Think about um, it. And, think about and, it. and I think that's what makes it fun and special as a spectator, whether you're a Chiefs fan or just someone like me watching the Super Bowl. Um, when you see it happen, uh, you know, because, uh, I mean, you're talking about there being other running quarterbacks that are statistically better. That's undeniable. And yeah. and there's got to be, you know, I'm not trying to say that uh, Patrick Mahomes' uh, mobility factor is anywhere close to someone like Michael Vick. Um, yeah, right. But, uh, but it's exactly, I think what you're getting at, it's the situations where he calls on it and can dial it up that makes it so special. Um, because he's so good at just beating you with his arm inside the pocket, outside the pocket, shedding the sack and then making the play, uh, sidearm on his way to the ground. No, look, these are all passing, uh, elements that make him amazing and difficult and then, boom, he's going to pick up eight, you know, a third and eight with his legs. Uh, it's just it's just so much fun to watch. Devastating. It's, it's devastating. Imagine being the other team. I've been on the other side of that, by the way. <laughs> right? Patriots fan. <laughs> Watched it a few times, you know. Um, luckily, we beat him in the AFC Championship game in Kansas City before he was really the GOAT. Or, oh, wow, I just said that out loud. Oh, man. Before he was the modern-day GOAT. <laughs> Whoops. Uh, not, he's not there yet. He's, he's right up there, though. Um, he's on pace, and that's for I've sure. never seen... Right, right. I've never seen a player make... Other than Brady. You know, because Brady, would, it'd be like third and five, third and seven, third and 11. You're like... He's going to, like, nail some slot receiver right in the chest, and they're going to get 11 and a half yards. Like, they're going to get right at the stick, you know? Right. You're like, freaking Brady, dude. Like, how are you this freaking good, you know? Um, but he never really did it with his legs. Um, and Mahomes just does it when it's convenient for him, when it's 
the <laughs> the most the least convenient for the other team, and it's just devastating. The first oh, yeah. time he picks up his legs, and it's it's backbreaking, dude, and it turns over the game because fourth and one. I remember watching that play in fourth and one and saying, there's just no way he doesn't get this. I don't even know what the play call is going to be, but he's going to get it. And I figured it might be an RPO. Fair enough, it was eight yards. He slides, right? Here's another one, right? Um, Looking for it here. I just had it. Sorry. Um, Third and one. San Francisco 32. Two minutes left to go in overtime. 19 yards. (laughs) He scrambled for 19 yards, right? Right. And gets it into... Gets it into the, the red zone to San Francisco 13 on third and one. You got to have it. He gets it every single time. Right. Every well, and, single And time. even just these RPOs where it's like, okay, the, you know, the, the linebacker commits to Kelsey, so he's going to get the first down with his legs. Uh, that's the RPO. Uh, until he steps over that line of scrimmage, there's the third option where he pulls up and throws it deep because that's how good his downfield right. vision is. And if, if the defense, like what's a defense to do? They, they, they can't even right. slack on the downfield coverage after it's an obvious RPO, because if they do, it's the RPO PO. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> yeah. that doesn't fit. That acronym doesn't fit, but you know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. And it, it's just, uh, He's he's one of those players that comes along. He's going to change the game. He's going to elevate the entire league trying to, you know, what what how, how do we defend this guy? How do we shut him down when we have to shut him down? Because uh, it's not even a we, – we've already talked about how he's, you know, outside of Travis Kelsey, he doesn't have special weapons. He's doing it with, uh, with what he's got – available to it. Now again, I'm, I don't want to sound like I'm throwing shade at the rest of the skill players on the Chiefs. They're good. Uh but you can you can point to 10 teams that have better uh you know group of of starting skill position players. It's not hard. Um so so what do you do? How do, how does a defense uh scheme against this amazing quarterback? It's it's uh it's a conundrum. Yeah, just Devastating, man. Like I said, absolutely devastating. The 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 runs he has. Like I said, we everybody talks about his arm, and the quarterback play, and we we never talk about his his mobility. And you can talk about his mobility in the pocket, and he makes these crazy plays and the flicks and the just the you know wild little shuffles and all these other things he does and no look passes. But if you oh. look at his career, he probably has the most devastating, backbreaking, and most significant scrambles and runs rpo just running up the middle when he when he just needs to when he got to have it he right. does it uh, every time. i remember uh <laughs> i remember watching uh sunday he did a uh he faked a shovel pass now yeah. now that's this isn't uh a home run play he was still sacked but it was like a two-yard sack instead of a 10-yard sack because he faked a shovel pass at just the right moment and was able to get back up in the pocket and almost back to the line of scrimmage. Um, it's just, uh, you know, it's, he he has such a complete game. Uh, and the tools in his tool bucket, he's he's got it all there. Um, and, uh, and that's why it's just always going to be fun to watch him. Yeah. No, I, you know, it, um, it's interesting. I was listening to the radio, and they were talking about um, how so many people hate Brady, right? Especially when he was doing it, like doing all this stuff, winning the games, the championships and everything. People really, really did not like him. You know, not because he was winning, but he just wasn't relatable. Right. You know, he was very clean cut. He was a handsome guy. He's dating, you know, a movie star. Was Who was he with? Uh, I can't remember. Not Reese Witherspoon. Somebody. It might have been her. I don't remember. But regardless, um, you know, and then he's with G- uh, Giselle and maybe some other people in between, right? Um, Jennifer Aniston. Patrick yeah. Mahomes is likable, man. Yeah, he is. He's likable. He's got a he's got a Kermit the Frog voice. <laughs> you know, his wife isn't really likable. Neither is his brother. I don't know if his dad is at this point. But <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, like he just wins, and he doesn't. He doesn't do anything he's very humble about it you know I, I he's just very confident and i think a lot of people can maybe resonate with that he seems more normal he seems very 
like very homegrown and down to earth. Like you can't, I, I, I don't like, like the chiefs, <laughs> you know, being a New England Patriots fan, um, you, you know, it is what it is. Uh, I don't necessarily like everybody on the chiefs. I, I don't really like Travis Kelsey. I think he's kind of a hammerhead, but a lot of people said that about Kronk too. And I think there's a lot of parallels between the two, you know, um, I like Patrick Mahomes. I like Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. You know? And, yeah, and if you don't like that, and if you don't want him to succeed, like, you're watching the – you're just – Oh, you're just choosing misery. Uh, just, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's all he'll do. It, it's like watching Jordan. Honestly, that's kind of what it's like. Right, right. Yeah. Well, when it comes to liking Gronk or Travis Kelsey – uh, I'm a Jason Kelsey fan. <laughs> oh, jeez. Uh, Jason Kelsey. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, no, I see what you mean. Um, yeah, no, Travis Kelsey, he's not despisable, but he's not exactly likable, in my opinion. Um, right. I know uh, there's a lot of new NFL fans that absolutely love him, um, but that's uh, another story. Um, How about him wearing the Rey Mysterio mask? Party. Oh, that was great! I loved funny. it. I love everything Jason funny. Kelsey does. Um, yeah, he's just—he's yeah. such a fun guy. Um, we're we're winding down the hour here. There's something I wanted to throw out because uh, right. I didn't want it to yeah, sure. to get left left out. The uh, the botched kick return, the turnover. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. There's a lot of talk, and uh, and I heard a little bit about this on the radio, and I was like, that's absolutely right because I remember that from high school because I was not a premier athlete. I did play football and that means you're on a lot of special teams. Um, right. It is that kick return man's job to gauge where the ball is coming down. It has all the hang time in the world when you're in the NFL. And if it's coming down on top of one of your blockers, you have a kill word uh, that you shout bloody murder and everybody knows to just get to the sideline. It means the ball's coming down short, and you don't want it landing on your head and creating a turnover. Uh, it hit the guy like on the back of his ankle, and that's exactly what happened. You watch the replay; there was no, there was no signal called from the return man. Uh, and so again, I know that uh, you know special teams coaching isn't at the top of the list for the head coach. But when you're the head coach, it's your job to have your players prepared. So this is kind of coming back to what we were talking about early on with Kyle Shanahan. That that really just that comes down to another, uh, you know, it was a mistake that it's tough not to chalk it up to coaching. Uh, you got to have those guys ready for those situations. You know, it's whether it's, you know, kill, kill, kill or, or something like that. Like everybody knows to just get out from under the football and uh, even if you just let the other team down it where they want to, it's better than a turnover. And, uh, you know, he did the right thing trying to recover it. He could have fallen on it. That would have been better. But uh, the point is it never should have come down on his blocker without him at least trying to signal that it was a short kick and get out of the way. Mm-hmm. Exhibit number four. <laughs> exhibit number uh, four. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Here we come, full circle. Let me give you exhibit number five, and I don't want to make it sound like Kyle Shanahan was the reason that Drake Greenlaw tore his Achilles. Um. Okay, but you know, you got your players all hyped on the sideline, right? Um. You know, and they're so hyped that they tear their Achilles. <laughs> I mean, can somebody talk to that guy? Right. You know, like, hey, dude. It's the Super Bowl, you know? I saw an excerpt from NFL Films one time, right? Super Bowl 36. Tom Love Brady's it. really hyped, Love coming out of the tunnel, films. smashing people with his helmet, right? Drew okay. Bledsoe, they showed this on the film. Drew Bledsoe goes up to him and grabs him and said, hey, calm down. Breathe. Take a deep breath. And Brady was as cool as a cucumber the rest of the game, right? Right. Why is, some, why is somebody not in Dre Greenlaw's face being like, bro, like, chill out. Yeah, well, like, you're going to get yourself hurt. That's exactly correct. You know? It's like you, you want to get hyped up uh, upstairs. Yeah. You guys can't see me. I'm pointing to my head. You get hyped up up there, yeah. and you let it out out there on the field. 
Um, right. But, uh, but I mean, there's just a fine line between, between that. It, it, you know, I've been watching football, uh, since the early, early nineties and, you know, did a lot of it in, in high school. And there is that guy that's going to come over and slam his helmet into yours. And you're just going to, it, it, it throws you into another level of let's go do this. Um, yeah. And uh, so there's a fine line between the right amount and too much. Uh, but this is the NFL. This is the Super Bowl. Um, you'd think if anybody can find the line, it's these guys. Yeah, and, and so that's where the, the coach goes, hey, like, tell that guy to knock it off. Right, right. <laughs> tell him to chill out, you know? Like, and, and to be honest, Drake Greenlaw, um, was, he pro, was he an all-pro? Let me see. I think he was. I think he was. Uh, no, no, not an all-pro. Very good player, though. Absolutely. Very good player. Um, and was covering Kelsey all the way up until that point, and Kelsey only had two catches. Travis Kelsey only had two catches the whole game up until he tore his Achilles, and he had seven after that. <laughs> Shoot. So, yeah, well, and, that's, that, I mean, and, and that, I'm sure that that's because the, uh, the RPOs, I remember with Kelsey, they came late in the game. And uh, yeah, and that that just made it too easy of a play to call. Yeah, exhibit number five, right? There yeah. it is. Because I mean, when, um, you, when you do a run pass option like that with the tight end, uh, it, it's all on the linebackers. Absolutely, right? Uh, you know, the the D line, the secondary, they're they're they've got their assignment, and that's not it. Right. And I agree. No, that's a that's a great take, and honestly, it's true because you're the one reading the keys, right? Yep. You're reading the keys between the tackles, between A, B, and C gap, and and your and the guy you're covering. It's a lot of work for a linebacker, but if you're like Fred Warner or Dre Greenlaw, you're two of the best in the whole biz. Um, then you're really good at it. And if you have to play backup, who's not ready to cover Travis Kelsey because he's not one of the best in the whole biz, there goes your game. And that's basically how Kansas City got back into it. You know, so um, <laughs> exhibit number five is. Kyle Shanahan, a good coach, right? Could put together a PowerPoint at this point. Um, last one, right? Because we're burning the midnight oil here. Um, well, let's talk about the end of the game. The last play of the game, right? Uh, goal line. Um, Mahomes runs. I don't. What was that? Was that an RPO? Kind of, right? It was an RPO with, I think it was, with the the, Z, the, the zig route. Right. The zigzag route that Kamiko Hardman ran. Um, touchdown, of course. They pick him up for nothing. He gets three catches, 44 yards, and a touchdown in the Super Bowl. Big piece of that. That's just how the universe works <laughs> for Man. Super Bowl winning teams. Right? It's and, not an um, expensive wide receiver core. It's not. Uh, they're, no, they're, and they got him from done with, the Jets for nothing. With bargain wide receivers. That, that's, a, that's a term I don't like to use at this level, but within the NFL, these are this is a bargain wide receiver group. Um, um, yeah. Yeah. What do you think of that use of motion there? I mean, they they won they they won the Super Bowl last year with it. Um, same play, same play, literally the exact same play, different receiver, of course. Um, maybe was it the same receiver? It might have been, um, but regardless, same play. Um, what's your take of that that motion and the use of it? And let's just let's finish it off with Andy Reid's kind of brilliance play calling. Well, and I, what do you I think, think about all that. I think it is a really great play call, um, because it's safe. You know what I mean? Like if it's there, it's there, and if it's not, uh, you know, you tuck the ball, you get what little you, you get a little bit closer to the goal line, uh, you know. Um, but man, uh, there's just you get down that close at that point in that game, and there's so many things that you're trying to account for, and that one happens. It just happens so fast. Uh, the the DB on assignment has to get there so fast and it's uh it's a real challenge so uh you know Mahomes I've already talked once on this podcast about his amazing vision for what's happening downfield in front of him uh he sees it pulls the trigger and it's 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 over so quick uh uh it it's I I, I don't want to sound like it's a negative critique here it's it's almost uh yeah, I'm gonna say it. it's all from a from a fan's point of view. It's almost disappointing because it happens so fast, 
and the play is over and there was no contest. There was no battle for the ball. There was no, you know, push at the line of scrimmage to get to get over the line. It's just boom and done. Uh, it's not like a, a back corner fade. Um, all these things are a little bit more entertaining from a spectator point of view. Uh, but once you start to appreciate, uh, you know, everything that factors into calling this play and pulling it off, um, it's a little more fun. But just watching it, it's not the most fun play to watch. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, I know I get it. 100%, and that's why it's a good play. That's why it's a good play. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, <laughs> you, you cannot right. deny the results. And and what you want is a win, and that's what it got you. But, uh, but man, it's just it's, it's not as, uh, you know, uh, you're used to, you know, think back on some of the greatest Super Bowl finishes or the last scoring you've seen in some of these Super Bowls, and it's, you know, it's a battled ball for a toe tap at the back of the end zone or the corner of the end zone or, uh, you know, extending the ball to break the plane before going out of bounds, stuff like that, um, going up over the pile. Those are all a lot more fun to watch. Uh, but, man, this one this one worked. <laughs> sure did. Um, and it was not RPL bio. It was just play action fake. Gotcha. Play it, action. it might as well have been. Yeah. But, yeah, um, I just watched it back. And you said, no, you said it right, though. It was snap, play action. He all Mahomes did. He just ran a little bit to the right side through it. I mean, it literally was like a three second play. Yeah, like it happened that fast, and that was the game. That was really it. <laughs> and I think everybody at the goal line, everybody watching, was like, "They're gonna run, they're gonna run some motion, um, and they're gonna get somebody open just like that." And that's exactly what they did. I, that's what I remember saying in my head: "They're gonna run a motion here, and that's what's gonna get them open." And it was just Hardman coming in motion, and then just sagging back as soon as the ball was snapped and he was wide open that. And that's all it was. And it, like you said, it, it's not a, it's not a pretty play. It's like, what'd you say? It was boring. I, was I, I said, I, I, I actually said disappointing. You your, yours word is better. It's a little more boring. It's, it doesn't have a lot of <laughs> razzle dazzle. It's not, it's not right. as entertaining as what you're hoping for, for the, yeah. for the end of, of this game or the last score in this game. Um, but man, it was, it's a touchdown. It was, um, it was a great play too. Great, great call. It's just, you get a really tired defense, you know, um, you know, you can get Michael Hardman as a speedster. If you get him on a straight line running straight, right. After he zigzags back, um, he's going to be wide open. Nobody's going to catch him. And the defense, like I said, exhausted. They probably just didn't read it correctly. And without having, Dre Greenlaw in there, and a couple of other injuries oh, happened throughout the game. Because I mean, you're you're like, thinking about protecting the back of the end yeah. zone. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Not, not running toward not, the pylon. Winning, winning the battle at the line yeah. of scrimmage. All these things, and then it's just a yep. little boom, and uh, and he was open. That's it. Well, I tell you what, man, we've been open for the last hour and a half. Uh, well, hour and three minutes. Excuse me, <laughs> I got the numbers turned around. Um, talking about this game, and I think it's been a great discussion. Uh, do you have anything left for the listeners here? Uh, just that, you know, uh, I love this sport, which is why uh, I'm not surprised that by the time the game really got going, I, I, I got into it. I got excited. Um, I was saying before that this was not the Super Bowl matchup I wanted. Um, but man, great game, close game, entertaining to the end. Um, and now I'm really excited to, uh, to you know the next couple of months of speculating on mock drafts and who needs what and who fits where all that stuff is right around the corner so uh check in check in with us next weekend we'll have a lot more of that going yeah it's um strangely it's probably one of the more fun times of the year to be an nfl fan other than just watching the game just because there's like if you're like a geek like me of football or the nfl and you played madden when you were a kid you just love the off season, just building teams. You know, you just play franchise when I actually play the games. Absolutely. <laughs> and this is just a lot of fun because it's like fantasy come true. Like, could this player go on this team? Uh, yes, they could. <laughs> and what will they do when they get there? You know, we're going to see a lot of movement over the next, like, probably month, man. I mean, free agency starts in like three weeks. Yeah, you know? free agency, um, um, 
I've, I'm already seeing a ton of speculation on which teams with top draft picks could be willing to trade a trade down and who should be trading up and uh, you know who who fits the Steelers better at quarterback between this free agent and this free agent. It's just I, I don't want to go into too many specifics. You're gonna have to tune in next week to find out more about what I think. Um, but man, it's uh, I'm excited. I'm still in the afterglow of the playoffs and the and the Super Bowl, and I'm gonna hold on to these good football feelings for as long as I can because after the draft, that's the real drought. <laughs> Yeah, man. Well, let's pick it up next week, um, and we'll continue to speculate and talk. And until then, nothing left, correct? That's right. Okay. Until then, we're out.